Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, this is good. Look around. There's people talking. This is a this is a sign of a good congregation. <laughs> so I'm going to preach a uh, a short message on the influence of God's love. Everybody say the influence of God's love. And I have I have three points, and the, the first point is the influence of God chases us down. There's probably a more friendly way to say that. The influence of God seeks us or finds us, but that doesn't give it the oomph that I, I see in scripture, like with the parable of the lost coin or the parable of um, the lost sheep where the character of God in these parables, as it's reflected, drops everything to go run after, to go hunt, to go chase the lost. And so the influence of God's love chases us down. Has anybody ever been lost, like in the woods? <laughs> Look around, there's like half of you, really? To get a compass. Um, I'm gonna, we're good, okay. Um, my brother was lost. When I was a little kid, we lived in upstate New York, and the forests in upstate New York are extremely dense, uh, much more dense than here in Colorado because of all the waterfall. And my brother did the right thing. As a little kid, he, he went and told my mom he's going to go across the street and go to a pond, and he had been there before. So he goes across the street, and he just must not have made it there. We have since teased him endlessly about his sense of direction since this story, but uh, he got lost in the woods and like an hour or two passed by then my mom comes to me and say Joe go check on your brother and of course like an older brother I was like mom come on like why do I need to go check on him he's fine and, and so we let a little time pass and then she bugged me again go check on him go across the street go to the pond make sure he's okay and sure enough I go across the street I go into this dark wooded area in upstate New York and he wasn't at the pond. So now as an older brother, I'm kind of getting a little worried at this point. And I, I go back and I tell my mom, he's not there. And she's like, what do you mean he's not there? I mean, he's, he's not there. So what are you going to do? It's like, what are you going to do? I don't, I don't What do we do? Like, we've never had this before. And so my, just around that time, my dad came home. He worked, uh, he works at the, worked at the Air Force. So he came home and he heard that my brother was lost. And so we kind of all begin to panic and look, make sure he's not around the house anywhere, around the yard. And then my dad says, well, it's going to get dark. I better go find him. So I'll never forget this. My dad goes, gets out of his uh, BDUs, the Air Force uniform, and then he goes to um, the closet. And he doesn't get his regular shoes. He doesn't even get his hiking shoes. He got his running shoes. And I remember him just running into the woods, calling my brother's name. And that image is in some of these parables of the lost coin and the lost sheep, where, where God is, as it's reflected in these stories, drops everything and runs to chase us down. I think about this, this verse. It's a very popular verse. I bet half of you could quote it. It's John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not, this is verse 17, send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
And that's this, this image. Did you see it as we were reading it? I'm sure there's lots of distractions, but stay with me. So this image of God coming to the world, and we as Christians believe that the Father and the Son are one. And so God came to this world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through himself, to chase us down, to hunt us down, is even a stronger way to say it, in his love, to chase us down, to be with us. I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, and I won't say the person's name. I said I was going to share this story, but I said, don't worry, I won't share your name. I don't want to embarrass you, but it's, it's actually a good story, a really good story. So two weeks ago on our a Tuesday night prayer meeting, we meet uh, downtown here in the upper room, and uh, we, we prayed from six to seven, and then afterwards, I invited my wife up, and she presented this wonderful lady with a Bible, and we had her name on it, and we signed it, New Life Manitou, and then she just starts crying, my wife starts crying, I start crying, and she says, five years ago, I was so mad at God, I threw away my Bible, and she starts crying some more, and then we, we start crying, you have no idea what this means, she said, and I, I said, well, I, I think I do, I, you, you turned from God, but God didn't let up. He was chasing you down with his love. And here you are, uh, a figure in New Life Manitou, one of our leaders. And it just how wonderful it is that God doesn't give up on us. God chases us down in his love. It reminds me of this poem. It's called The Hound of Heaven. Look it up sometime. It says that it just starts off with, um, I fled him down the days and down the nights. And it goes through how this person in the poem fled God. But all along, God... God, like this hound, was chasing this person down in love, not to get him, but to love this person. And at the end, it says, you who drove love away, drove me away. And here I am with an open hand and come with me. I, I want to be with you and you with me. It's a wonderful poem. The second point. So the first point is the influence of God's love chases us down. All right. The second point is the influence of God lo God's love is shared through us. Think about this. In the book of John, chapter 13, after Jesus washes his disciples' feet, he says this. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as, you ha as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That song I remember singing as a kid, they will know we are Christians by our, by our love. And so the, the love of God, the influence of God's love is shared through us. And what kind of love is it? Well, it's a love that's defined for us in 1 Corinthians 13. And this is a passage for any of you kids or older kids that want to memorize this. We'll give you a goodie bag next month when we meet in the, in the city hall. But it says this. So it says 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says that love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. We were thinking in our staff meeting, uh, I think it was just last week on Monday, we were talking about... Um, 
kind of advertising. Like, how do we tell people in Manitou that New Life Manitou is around? Is, oh, the, the social media thing. Yeah, sure. Maybe we'll uh, take out an article in the PPB, which is the Pikes Peak Bulletin, the, the Manitou's newspaper. And then we were just talking about, well, what should we say? What should, you know, our motto be? And David, who's Sarah's wife, uh, David, who is Sarah's husband, who, who Sarah played the cello, uh, said, how about just a simple phrase? We love Manitou. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to preach about. And so I'm preaching about it right now. Um, that we, of course, we love Manitou because God loves Manitou. And we take God's love and we share the love of God with the people around us. And for us at New Life Manitou, that's, that's Manitou. That's here. That's us. Of course we love Manitou because the Lord does. Let me tell you one more story. Um, uh, for, for almost 16 years, I worked with a, a college ministry uh, at New Life North, and I was wonderful as an associate pastor, then became the pastor of that ministry, and I could probably write a book of all the meetings I had with young men, telling me their stories, their testimonies of how God's grace saved them, and one story stood out to me amongst all those stories. I, I sat down with a guy who was very involved in the church, a strong believer, and I said, tell me your story. We were over at Starbucks uh, having a cup of coffee, and he said, well, I used to be a heroin addict, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. He's like, no, seriously, and I was like, Oh, sorry. Um, and he said uh, a years ago, he, he was addicted to heroin. And he, he went on telling me about how he would, would never want to share all the things he did, the, things, the people he stole from, the horrible things he did to get money for his drug addiction. And he said that at the low of his life, and this is going to be a, an image that will stick with you. It's, it's certainly stuck with me for a very long time. He said, the low point of my life was in a bathroom, in a gas station bathroom, shooting up heroin. And he said he, he would invent places to shoot up to, for pleasure, to hide the scars. And he said he was in the bathroom shooting up heroin. And he said he dropped the needle and, and took a step to find it, and he crushed the needle, and the liquid drug went all over the floor. And he panicked, and he got down, and he was trying to scoop it up with a syringe. And then he, he did the most terrific thing. It's, it's an image that it, it'll stick with you. He said he got down on all fours and used his mouth to, to get the drug and to put it into a different syringe. And he was about to inject himself when he just thought, Lord, what am I doing? How far have I come in this love for this drug? And, and Lord, I'm, I guess I'm just willing to try anything. And he thought about this. He thought about some Christian friends, a couple family members that he had that he knew were believers. And he thought about this. He knew of this Christian organization that took in addicts and helped them. And he said, these people have said they love me. These people have stuck with me. They, these people keep saying that they love me and they love me. I guess I'm going to try it out. I guess I'm just going to see how much they really do love me. And if these Christians who say that they love me and they say they love God, if they really love me, maybe my life will change. And so he took, instead of injecting himself that day, that was the last time he did it, he threw it away. He checked himself into this Christian organization and he had friends and family members, those people that said they were believers and that they loved him, surround him. And that was the last time he ever used. And it was really that, the love of God seen through people that, that changed everything thing for him. So we have that role. You and I in this, in this I was going to say room, but it's not really a room. It's a pavilion. You and I in this pavilion, we have the same role to share the love of God that comes through us. So the third point, first point was God's love chases us down. The second point is God's love is shared through us. And the third and final point is this, that the influence of God's love is to be received. And I thought, um, 
in some ways, this point should be first. If, if God's love is chasing us down, then, then we need to stop and, and turn to him and receive his love. And, and in the second point, that, that God's love, the influence of God's love is shared through us. Well, if God's love is going to be shared through us, then we, of course, first need to receive it. But I've saved it for last because it'll lead us into communion, which is receiving from God the mysteries of, of the body and the blood of Christ. And it's a symbol and it's celebrating Christ's death until he comes again. So let me say this, John three eighteen. So we said John three sixteen and John three seventeen, And then it goes on to say that whoever believes in him is not condemned. So it's that believing in God that we receive his love. I think about my own salvation and receiving the love of God when I was in high school. I think I knew all about it when I was a kid. I kind of grew up in church. But for me, it was in high school. It's like this whole new wave of receiving God's love. And yes, I really do believe this. Let me end with a story of uh, just a couple weeks ago. I was at uh, New Life North. And I was at the 11 o'clock service, and I was sitting uh, about halfway down. A couple rows in front of me was this girl, and I'll just say a couple things about her. She seemed like she didn't really belong. She seemed a little rough. Uh, I'll say that she seemed like she was probably dressed more like maybe she was going to the club than to church. And my thought about her was, man, I hope she feels welcomed here. I hope that the ushers and the smiling faces and the people all surrounded her with love, and she knows that maybe if she doesn't feel like, man, I don't look like I'm dressed like everybody else with this. She just knows the love of God through us. And I was just thinking about her. She was a couple rows above us and it came time for communion and she got up. And so I was looking to see, are she going to take communion? She took communion and then she came back down. I could see her face and tears were just streaming down her eyes. And I don't know her story. Um, maybe she just stubbed her toe, but I doubt it. Because the Lord, I feel like the Lord was pressing upon me, like just who this girl is, and who, I wonder what she's thinking, and she was weeping and sat back down, and her friends, I could tell she came with some other girls, they all leaned over and put their hand on her shoulder, and some of them were crying with her, I could tell one of them was praying over this girl as she sat there, and it was this, just this moment, I thought, man, this, this girl is receiving God for the first time, and, and sure enough, at the end of the message, uh, Brady, who was speaking that day, said, well, we're going to have a prayer ministry down here, and, and we'll have a prayer ministry here as well today. If anyone wants prayer, come on down. If you want to pray to receive Christ, if you just want prayer for healing, if you want to pray for someone else, if you just want to confess sins, if you want to come down and just t talk, um, come down. There'll, there'll be people here to pray for you. And this girl and her friends go forward, and there was crying and tears and, and hugging, and then they left. And I, I went up to the people who prayed for them, and I said, that girl just received Christ for the first time, huh? And they were like, yeah, she did. How'd you know? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I just sensed it. It was just such a beautiful picture of, of someone coming in, maybe feeling, I, I don't know what she was feeling, but maybe feeling like she didn't belong, but then receiving Christ and people coming around her and praying for her. And, and what a wonderful thing that is. So as we come forward to receive communion, I want you to think about that and think about um, this saying of an early church father. He said, you should never 
come to communion without tears. And he kind of asks, like, how could you? I mean, you're, you're finding repentance, and at the same time, you, your sins are being covered. So always come to communion with tears. And that's just something that I've thought about in seeing this girl and considering my own sins as I take communion and considering that, that my sins are washed away. So I'll talk about communion for a second, but if, if you're a communion server or the band, why don't you come on forward for this moment? And communion at New Life Manitou, we, we celebrate an open communion, which means this, that you don't need to be a member of this congregation or of any congregation. We just ask, are you believing in Christ for your salvation? And if that answer to that question is a yes, well, then please come forward. The ushers are going to kind of direct you to your right and come on down. And when you come, come with open hands. That's a symbol that, that, that you are to receive Christ, your open hands. And the bread will be placed into your hand, and you take the bread, dip it into the cup, and then you can eat it right up here. Then go sit down, have a moment with the Lord, thanking Him for redemption of sins, receiving the love of Christ. But this is a moment where we as believers, we, it says in Scripture that we uh, celebrate His death until He comes again. So if you would stand with me as we pray. Lord, we, we come before you as, as willing servants, as people who believe in your Son for the redemption of our sins. Though we thank you that we who believe in you, there is no condemnation, and that, Lord, we can receive your love and share your love with everyone we meet, that we can share your love in Manitou Springs, because, Lord, you love Manitou. You, you love us. You love the world, and the earth is yours and everything in it. So, Lord, we receive communion today, this symbol of, of, of you dying for us, this symbol of you loving us. So, Lord, we praise you and thank you. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. This is the body of Christ for the body of Christ.